The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Let's look at our, at our Bibles this morning. Look at Acts chapter 1 with me, if you would, just for a moment. Acts chapter 1, let's look at verse 13. We read here, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrews, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time we have together this morning. I pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to learn from the Word of God and instruct and teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we're talking about the church. We've been, we've been in, engaged in a study on the church for quite a while, and I just finished up a, a subsection of the series, a mini-series, if you will, on the message of the church, and we've discussed a lot of things about the church. Uh, we've discussed its mission, we've discussed its message, and, and we define the church and, and um, those things. And today I want to I start a, a, another mini-series within the series on the church and the model of the church. Webster defines a model as an example for imitation or emulation. Uh, there are many models which we could look uh, to for the direction of our church. Some of these will be profitable to the church, while others will be harmful to it. When we consider the model for our church, we must first consider the proximity of the example to the one true and perfect standard. Thus, all of the examples of the church we have, the church at Jerusalem stands alone as the best model by which to design our church today. Uh, over in um, Philippians chapter 3, you don't have to turn there, but you can if you'd like. In verse 17, Paul wrote, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an ensample. So Paul is saying there, uh, Look at us, look at what we're doing, and use it as an example. And that's not to say that Paul was boasting about how great he was, but he was genuinely and sincerely concerned for the spiritual well-being of the people of God. And, and what he's stressing and what he's emphasizing is you must look to good examples as your, as your standards, as your model. So, we know that, that the church in Jerusalem was the, was the foundational church, and it probably was the absolute best church that man has ever been involved in. Uh, the church is a confusing subject today. It really is. Uh, I speak to a lot of people every day, and, and I speak with many people who, who are not Christians and, and have no concept or idea whatsoever of why we have church and what church is all about. But at the same time, I speak to a lot of Christian people who are very confused on the church. 
Um, a lot of people view the church as kind of like a, a, a club. Something you become a member of, like, like the local gym or, or something like that, you know. Oh yes, I'm, a, I, I'm a member of that, of that gym. I don't ever go, but I'm a member of it. I pay my dues and, you know, it's kind of like that. People view the church as something like a clubhouse. A place uh, where you come and, and you get to, you get to hang out with your friends. But that's not what the church is all about. And, and so we have to, we have to learn. We have to dig and get down to the roots of, of the thing so that we make sure that we are building a church that is founded upon truth and upon biblical principle. So this morning, with the time that I have, I'd like to look at, at some of the more prominent characteristics of the Jerusalem church and see how we match up. Now, we're only going to look at one characteristic today. I don't have time to, to look at any more than that and, and be thorough. So I'm going to focus in today on the first characteristic that I, I would like for us to see. <clears throat> and that is this. First, we see that this church at Jerusalem, it was a united church. Now, I didn't say Universal. I said it was a united church. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, we read, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now the word accord is defined to mean to be in agreement or to be of a common opinion. So I'd like, I'd like to look at, at, at these two definitions of accord just for a few minutes today and try to expound upon them a little bit. First we see they were all in agreement. Now though there were so many of them together they were very unanimous and peaceable among one another. You know that's one thing that has always astounded me over the, over the years. I, I've been involved in the ministry now for over 37, going on 38 years. And it's astounded me all those years how people from such diverse backgrounds, from, from different cultures, all can come together and be in total agreement on this one issue concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's astounding to me. You have people from Totally different background. I mean, I'm, I'm a Cajun. Any of you know what a Cajun is? Not too many of you. Well, I'm, I'm a Cajun, and we have, we have very, very rock solid philosophies in, in, in our culture. Many of which don't agree with biblical principles. Primarily because the Cajun culture is embedded in the Roman Catholic Church. So a lot of the spiritual philosophies of my people, of the people that I am, that, that I, from which I sprung forth, uh, do not adhere to our historical Baptist principles. And we're at disagreement in a lot of things. Yet, if I go to that area of the country, and I attend a, a local, a, a local church, a, a, 
a, a, a sovereign grace church, if I go and attend that church in that culture, I'm going to find people with whom I am in complete agreement. Isn't that something? And that's, that's how it is. It's, it's an amazing thing. I've, I've thought about it. I've, I've, I've looked at it from every angle for the last 37 years. And, and I'm convinced that God did something to me. I know he did something to me. He changed me completely. The Bible says he made me a new creature, a new creation. He created me anew when I, when I was saved. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new what? He's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. We think different. We live different. We act different. At least we should. Amen? We should do that. But it's amazing how, how, and, and, and it's amazing. I enjoy spending some time with, um, with brother, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, Gary. Muango. Is that close enough? Brother Muango, I enjoyed, matter of fact, he came one time and he was staying with brother Gary. And I cooked him a gumbo. And, uh, uh, I, I, I thought, you know, a big staple in the, in the Cajun diet is okra. And okra actually originated in Africa. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give him some of his native food. And I fried him up some okra. Oh, fried okra's good. Oh, hardly anything better. But then I found out okra is indigenous to Africa, but the west coast of Africa. And he's from the east coast of Africa, so... He had never had him before, but I enjoyed him. But the thing that's so amazing about it is he's all the way over there in Kenya, and yet he and I are in total agreement concerning spiritual truth. These people in Jerusalem, in in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, says they were all with one accord. They were all in agreement. There were no contentions among them. Now, I'm sure that there were some contentions. I'm sure that they had disagreements in some things. But remember, we're focused on spiritual things right now. We're focused on the church's spiritual teachings and, and on the, the church's spiritual priorities. There was, there was no contention. They were all in agreement. They were of one heart and one soul. And they had a cordial affection for one another. They had, in other words, they had respect for one another. I've said it many times. The Bible commands me to love you. It doesn't command me to like you. I can love you without liking you. Amen? Because to love someone means to treat them with respect, to respect them as another human being. I mean, I, I love children. But there's a lot of children I don't like. You know that? I, used to, I taught high school for 17 years. Some kids were very likable. Some were not likable at all. But I loved them all. And, and, and while that may sound funny, it's true. We are to have an affection for one another. We're to love each other, and, 
and, and this church of Jerusalem, they, they had this, this cordial agreement with one another. They, they looked to the needs of each other. They took care of one another. In Psalm chapter 133, in verse 1, the Bible states, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you walk into a church and you find a church full of people who are in agreement in this aspect, who, who, who have an affection for one another, who treat each other like brothers and sisters. By the way, how many of you have siblings? Raise your hand. How many of you don't get along too great with some of those siblings? Raise your hand. Yeah. Growing up, man, me and, my, me and one of my sisters, we were, we were like cats and dogs. I mean, to this day, she has, a, she has a V in her front teeth. She's never gotten fixed. I put that there. Yeah. I knocked her out one day with a, with a, with a wooden pistol. My grandpa had made me a little wooden pistol. And dad laughs to this day when he talks about that. He says, he said she was at the, the, sitting at the, at the little counter and they could see my cowboy hat popping up and down. And now all of a sudden they saw my, my hand go up with the wooden pistol and I knocked her out. We didn't get along real great. But I love her and she loves me. We're, we're brothers and sisters. Uh, and, and to this day, if she needed me, I'd be there for her. So, you see, it's a beautiful thing when, when brothers and sisters dwell in, in harmony and in unity. As a parent, I know I, my kids fought, and it's distressing when your children are fighting with one another. It really is. As a parent, it tells you apart. And God doesn't like it when he looks down at his church and he sees us living that way. Oh, now, we're always cordial when we see each other. But what do we do behind closed doors? What do we do at home? Do we, do we, do we, do we uh, criticize one another? Do we do those sorts of things? Uh, parents should never, you should never criticize. Now, I don't want to get off of teaching and get into preaching here, but, but parents, you should never criticize your pastor. You should never criticize one of the deacons. In front of your children. You should never do that. Because can I say one day your child might need that pastor. They might need that to talk to that deacon. But because you've, you've criticized them for, for years. They have no respect for that person. And they're going to seek counsel from the wrong person. You need to be careful with these things. And. And, and that's, that's the thing we, we need to stress and emphasize in our life. Is we are a family. We're, we're all a part of the family of God. And, and as a church, we are together as brethren, as brothers and sisters. And, and we need to be in, 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 in unity. We need to be in agreement with one another. And we need to love and respect one another. We should strive to be in agreement with one another as the church of Jerusalem was. Now, just think about this for a moment. First, I want us to see that they were in agreement concerning salvation. 
In Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, Paul writes, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye, that ye have received, let him be accursed. And we at Berean Baptist Church must also be in agreement concerning salvation. We must be in agreement concerning the doctrines of grace. Not tossed about as a ship without a rudder, driven by the winds. Rather, based upon the infallible and unchanging word of God. This church was in agreement concerning uh, the truth of salvation. You might say, well, that's a, that's a minor thing. All churches believe in heaven. Well, I, I, I'd halfway agree with you there. They all, they all believe in heaven. Well, you know, all churches uh, have, a, have a way to get to heaven. Yeah, that's true. They all do have a way to get to heaven by their definitions. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So there are a lot of churches out there that do not have the truth concerning salvation. And it is important that we all in this church be in agreement with, with this principle. And, and that's another thing about the church. You see, people who don't agree with us concerning scriptural truth about salvation usually don't stay here. Amen? They usually leave because they say, oh, I don't agree with that. I, I think there's other ways to get to heaven. But we're not, you see, we're not going to change what we believe. Because what we believe is truth. And truth never changes. People try to change truth, but truth is always the same. It never changes. So these people were in agreement concerning their salvation. But not only that, they were also in agreement concerning separation. In Psalm 1 and verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, there are three things that the psalmist states here. This, this blessed man. He's not blessed because he does these things. He does these things because he's blessed. Amen? I don't, I don't live the life I live to be saved. I live the life I live because I am saved. And that, that, new, that new life that was given to me by Christ compels me to live my life in accordance to the will of God. You see, I, I, I can't live as I used to live. I can't do it. It's holiday time. They're going to be office parties, aren't there? You're going to be with amongst people who are drinking and reveling. But that doesn't mean you have to drink or revel. We need to, we need to live the life we know is right to live. And now we have the power to do so because we have Christ within us. And we can say no to sin. And we can do the right thing. 
So they were in agreement concerning separation. So there's three things. First one is this. Separation from worldly philosophies. It starts out, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now there, the Bible talks about two forms of wisdom uh, in this world. First, there's worldly wisdom, which is described as sensual, earthly, or devilish. There's the wisdom that the world lives by. And then there's godly wisdom. And the Bible states that godly wisdom is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So there, there are two forms of wisdom in this uh, among, amongst us today. Godly wisdom, which we obtain by studying the word of God, by, by walking in the, in the counsel of the Lord, and by living our lives to the glory of God. And then there's worldly wisdom, which we can obtain just by following worldly principles. It's my way or the highway. Uh, you know, it's, I'm numero uno. And what I want is the most important thing. Well, these are worldly philosophies. They're worldly wisdom. And if you follow them, they're going to lead you into a life that is alien to Christian truth and will put you in places you don't want to be and will cause you to will, will, will put before you decisions you don't want to you don't want to be a part of so we have to be careful for those worldly philosophies we know the scripture states that he that winneth souls is wise for instance proverbs 11:30 so our wisdom needs to emanate from scriptural truth and we need to project a life that glorifies and honors Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior so they were separate from worldly philosophies but also separation from worldly living next part of it says nor standeth in the way of sinners we must live our lives according to righteousness Remember, the first truth many will see is your life. I've heard it said many times, the only Bible some people may ever see is you. Your life might be the only Bible anyone ever reads. But if my life is filled with worldly philosophies, and if I'm living my life by the world's principles, and I proclaim to be a Christian then why would a lost man observing my life feel the need for a change? Did you ever think about that? I've shared my testimony, my salvation testimony before, about my friend Mike. And, and does anybody remember what I, what I thought in my mind when I first saw Mike? Something changed. What happened to him? He was different. You see, the Bible says we're a peculiar people. God has made us a peculiar people. And that doesn't mean we're weird. That just means we're different. We're, there's something, I, I saw him, I said, there's something different about him. And that was something I wanted. See? 
And, and that's the thing. We are to separate ourselves from worldly living. And we are to live godly and righteously in this present time. In 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter talks about that within the family. He says, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that uh, of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So here the Bible talks about a, an unsaved husband can be, can be won to Christ by the chaste and, and by the pure behavior of the wife. Honoring God in her life before him. And the same is true for your neighbors. The same is true for your co-workers. We've got some young people in this room. The same is true with your classmates hmm? at school. You know what? They might be a part of the crowd and look at you and say, Oh, he's a weirdo. He's a Jesus freak. <laughs> but when the crowd dissipates, they're going to come over to you and they might say, Hey, tell me more about this stuff. Listen, your life is the only, maybe the only truth some people will ever see. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. These people separated themselves from worldly living. Also, they separated from worldly conduct. Next. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Pride and arrogance breeds contempt for authority. And contempt for authority breeds criticism and complaining. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of other. I said that pride and arrogance breeds contempt, and contempt breeds criticism and complaining. These saints all together complied with a lifestyle that was separate from the world and glorified the Savior. They separated from worldly conduct. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. But you, you, you need to be so careful about your conduct. About how you present yourself. They, they, they complied with a lifestyle that was founded on biblical truth. And... In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible tells us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're to be transformed. We're to, we're to renew our mind. But how can we do this? How can we accomplish this transformation of our minds? 
Paul gives us an idea in Philippians chapter 4. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. How do you renew your mind? Stop thinking about the things you shouldn't be thinking about. It's, it's, it's simple. Growing up, my father would all, we'd sit around the table and if the conversation started going in a direction dad didn't like, he'd say, now wait a minute. What, what profit is there in us talking about this? He, he put a stop to it. We're not, he, he used to say, we're not going to talk about people. Don't talk about people. You know, I, I've, I've observed people raise their children, and they talk about people to their children. And you know what that breeds? It breeds contempt. Children begin to grow, and they think ill of a person. And they grow to think themselves better than people. It's not a good thing. When I, when, when, I, when I raise my children, I tell them about, I'd say, now look, this is a behavior we don't want to be a part of. These are things we don't want to do. But I never, I never said, this person over here does this, and we shouldn't do that. You see, we've got to be careful how we think. How we process things. If, are they true? Are they honest? Are they lovely? Is it good report? Is there any virtue in it? Then think about those things. So you have to renew the way you think. We spend far too much time thinking about things we have no business thinking about. And a lot of that stems from what we watch on TV. So you better be careful about that too. I'm not giving you much good news this morning, am I? But, I, but it's, it's true. You got to watch out. You got to watch out what you, what you allow your children to watch on TV because that enters into their, their ex- personal experience in their mind. And when we have to make decisions in life, guess what we draw upon? Our experiences. We draw upon our experiences to make decisions. And, and if, if, if we're not careful, we're going to fill our mind full of bad examples and we're going to, we're going to equate those as experiences in our life and we're going to make decisions based upon bad information. So we have to, we have to be careful. Uh, so they were, they were all, I said they, they were, um, in agreement. But then secondly this morning, and i got to hurry because I, I spent a little bit more time than I should have. They were like-minded. They were like-minded. Philippians chapter 2. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, um, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So they were all like-minded. 
verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2, uh, says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul admonished us to, to think, to have the attitude that Christ had. Now, real quickly, and I don't have time to spend a lot of time on each of these. Let me, let me run through these real quickly in the next couple of minutes. First, Christ had a realistic mind. As the Bible says, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus knew he was God. Jesus, Jesus was, was the King of kings and Lord of lords. If Jesus called unto the Father when he was on the cross, he says, think, think not that I can now call upon my Father and he'll send 12 legions of angels to deliver me. Jesus was God. He knew he was God. And he had no, he had no, no, no problem thinking he was God. But he also knew and understand why he was here. And he laid, he laid aside his deity and took upon himself the form of, of a man and gave himself a ransom. He had a realistic mind. But what do we do? We walk around with a chip on our shoulder too often. And, well, you know, the pastor didn't shake my hand on the way out the door today. Well, you know, that deacon, he didn't send me a birthday card this year. Be realistic. Why are you here? Can anyone tell me why we're here? We're here to glorify God. So let's get busy glorifying God. Are we here to possess $2 million homes? Are we here to drive the fanciest cars the market can offer? Are we here to build bank accounts that, could, that are larger than some small countries? Are we here to get praise and honor for ourselves? Are we here to be puffed up and blown up and given all? No, let's be realistic. We are here as children of God to glorify him by our lives. So let's do it. Quickly, Christ had a realistic mind. Number two, Christ had a humble mind. It says, in being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Now, to be humble doesn't mean you mistreat yourself. It means to, to, to see yourself in the proper office. See yourself where you are. We're servants. That's what we are. We're servants to one another. We're servants to those around us. We're servants to the Lord God. So be a servant. Quickly, next, Christ had an obedient mind. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's all the time I have this morning, folks. I wish I would have had a little more time. Maybe next, next time I teach, I'll back up a little bit and we'll, we'll view these a little bit more. But Christ had an obedient mind. Are we obedient to the will of God? That's, that's the only question we need to ask and answer. We need to change the way we think. Be changed in our mind. Transform by, by the renewal of our mind. All right, folks. Thank you for being here today. I hope this was helpful and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.